Welcome to the Healing Embodied Podcast, where we have real and raw conversations about growth and healing that will shift your perspective in profound ways. We take a unique approach to healing the overthinking mind, creating conscious relationships, and living a life of courage and freedom. So take a deep breath and get ready to expand your mind, connect to your body, and activate your spirit. All right, world. Welcome back to the Healing Embodied Podcast. This is your host, Chelsea Horton, and I have a fantastic guest for you. We were chatting before this. We were laughing. We were being, you know, dark and pessimistic, but also, you know, just all the good things. Um, This is Pam. I have Pam, not Pam Beasley, another Pam. I have Pam on the podcast today. She is a past client of mine and of healing embodied we've worked together in one-on-one setting we've worked together in groups and every time something comes out of her mouth i just love it and she's full of so much wisdom and she has inspired some of the other clients that have like been in groups she's just awesome and she was just downplaying herself before this saying that she doesn't think she has anything to say and we're all here to prove how wrong she is about that, about her self-concept. And we're going to glean from her just raw, real humanness. And the conversation we're going to have today is actually has taken a turn because of what we talked about before this podcast. And we're going to talk about riding the wave. We're going to talk about riding the wave of our human, of our humanness. When, when you're in the midst of it, when you're in the midst of a tough time, whether it's an external situation or your anxiety is paying a visit, we're going to talk about like, what's it like to ride the wave, to be in it? Um, Because this is actually a huge part of our work at Healing Embodied. We're not here to like sell some idea that once you work with us, you're going to stop being human, that life's going to stop being hard, that you're no longer going to have to go through challenges. That's a fantasy. We're here to be in the human experience to 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 live it fully, even in those times that are challenging, and to have grace and compassion for ourselves when we're in it. So I don't exactly know how this conversation is going to unfold, but I hope you enjoy the ride that we're going to go on together. So welcome, Pam. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Chelsea. It's great to be here. Thank you. Yay. So before we started recording, we were talking about being in the midst of it and riding the wave. So yeah. do you want to bring us to your current experience of what riding the wave and, and being in your human experience is like for you? You know, you, you were, as I was listening to you introduce the conversation, I, you were, you were saying, you know, we're not here to sell perfection. These are my words, not yours. We're not here to sell that everything goes away. You work with healing embodied and all of a sudden there is no more hard moments. And you know, we're, we're riding the wave because, because we are, I mean, I'll speak for myself. I'm, we're all human, right? So I've learned all the skills. I'm sure there's more that I have to learn, but I've got a huge toolbox. I had my first panic attack when I was seven. Like I've been at this a long, long time for anyone who can't see me. I'm more than seven now. So this just, it's been a long time. Um, and I still get those pangs. They still can catch me today. Earlier today, I had that feeling creep up into my stomach that said, you, you better pay attention to this. You better pay attention to this. And I was like, oh, no, no, I know. I know you. I know you. You know, I'm tired, though. I'm a little bit stressed. I've been stressed for a long time. <laughs> um, you know, the things that just wear any person down um, can can leave room for some of that anxiety or or life to just really get tough. And sometimes it's just tough. Um, So you can have all the tools, you can have all the the knowing, you can read all the books, you can do all the work, you can uh, drop to your knees in the living room and let it shake out. You can, you can do it all. And sometimes you just stinks, you know, (laughs) like sometimes you just got to let it ride and um, be a little grumpy and, and, and maybe, there isn't a good way or a perfect spin to put on it because it's just not there. Yeah. And it's, 
you know, what we were talking about before we hit record was I'm kind of in the midst of a situation like that where it's just hard. It just sucks. Um, for those who don't know, I am living in the midst of a natural disaster that has devastated our town. It's been two, today is two weeks since I've been able to go to a grocery store. Um, our grocery store has been destroyed by seven feet of snow. Um, and I was talking with, I'm working with a business coach right now that I've worked with off and on since I started healing embodied. And, you know, I was telling her what was going on and I told her like the blizzard is over, but you know, we're still dealing with the aftermath. And she was like, you know, anchor into your body, do some movement. Like she knows, she knows somatic work. She knows what I do. And she's like, do some movement, like tell your body that you're safe, you know, bring yourself back into like the safety. And I'm like, my body was just like, no. And I was like, no, I'm not. I don't feel safe because I look around me and there's destruction everywhere and there's people lining up for food because there's no food. Um, I'm like, no, my body does not want to do things to feel safe, like regulated. I am not ready to, to, to move on. I like, I want to feel sad. Like I want to feel sad. And she was just like, yes, yes that exactly honor that experience. Cause we don't want to gaslight ourselves. You know, the word you just used ready matters so much because I think that when I was in the, the real depths, like I've been through two themes and what, I mean, I, my diagnosis is OCD. You can use the term anxiety, whatever works for anyone is what works, but I've been through two pretty extreme themes. And until your body is ready to start letting some of that shake out. You're not ready. I don't know why that felt important to say, but that's another thing that like, I need to rush it. I need to fix it. I need to get it done. Like, show me the steps. Where's the, where's the checklist? Like, how do I get it? Um, and sometimes you're not ready to release. It is a release. It is a true let go. And like an actual, um, what is the word? Like a, I don't know. Release. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like a, a metabolizing the, the gunk. Surrender is the word yeah. I was looking for. It's a surrender into what is. And sometimes what is, is not pleasant. It's, and, and there's no need to make it anything other than what is, you know, um, that really, that just, that rang in my head when you said the word ready. I'm not ready to let it go. I'm not ready to do anything different than I'm doing right now. Yeah. And sometimes our mind can put so much judgment on our experience of like, oh, I shouldn't be feeling this way. Why am I still anxious? Why am I still sad? Why am I still processing this grief? Like our mind can want to like rush us to like get to the other side. But sometimes we literally just need to be in the gunk. I like, I was at the point yesterday where I've been in such a state of shock and trying to just like survive day to day, like literally frantically shoveling four feet of snow off our roof so it doesn't collapse. So like literally bulldozing through to try to just fucking survive. And yesterday I got to the point where it was like, I feel like there's so much sadness. Ooh, there it is. Feel like there's so much sadness, but I haven't even been able to access it or feel it because I've just been in survival mode. So I had to get to the place where I was, I slowed down enough to get out of the survival mode. And I just started touching some of the grief. I just started letting myself feel the grief. Um, but, you know, to just try to rush to feeling better would not honor actually where I was. It would not honor my humanness and it would not honor the process I needed to go through first. I think that is so important because it would not honor the reality, right? You can't make it something that it's not. And sometimes I'll speak for myself, but in relationship anxiety, relationship OCD, I had this template against which I was measuring my experience. And I was at a constant conflict, like a, like beating up against a barrier between what is and what should be. And anytime you use the word should, or I have learned that anytime I use the word should, I'm putting a judgment on myself and my experience over what actually is, you know, because I have 
these measures for how something should go, does that mean that if it doesn't measure up to that, it is bad, wrong, um, not allowed, whatever the term is, you know, which which for me is a big trigger that turns turns that whole anxiety on to me. It's like a wave that I can't stop. Like if you're you're doing it wrong, yeah. you're not you're not measuring up. You are wrong. You are, you know, and we know how that plays out. But um yeah, if you're if you're fighting against what is, then you're just not in in it, right? You're not you're you're not in reality. Yeah, and it makes the anxiety feel worse because you're saying I oh, well, should it's yeah. just the start. That like that's the 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 match that starts the fire. Then the fire can rage, right? How long that goes, how big the bonfire gets, how much destruction there is, that's a whole different conversation. But yeah, yeah. that's that's the spark that lights it up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, when we should on our on our own pain and our own suffering. And we say, I, I should be healed by now, whatever that means to us in our head. And a lot of times when I uncover this with clients, they, it really means I should be perfect. Yep. Yeah. Oh God. I've been doing a lot of <laughs> perfect, a lot of looking into the perfect, mm -hmm. um, which when I started ERP therapy for another theme, um, probably eight to 10 years ago, my therapist asked me. <laughs> with a straight face, he asked me, do you, would you consider yourself a perfectionist? And I was like, absolutely not. Abs would have never put that on like that descriptor on me, not in a million years. And the more I'm uncovering and learning, you know, you know, the meta, the onion metaphor, it's real, right? Like you get one layer. Oh God, there's an, uh, this is the biggest onion that's ever existed on the planet. <laughs> How many effing layers are in this onion? Um, but I'm getting to the, like, the the judgment on myself for doing it right, having it perfect. Um, and the weird thing is that the perfect is as I define it, which I right. didn't even realize I had defined. So it's, it's, it's measuring up against this perfection that I have created and it doesn't even exist. It yeah. Doesn't even exist. Yeah. It's, it's totally made up either. Like it was handed to you from family or society and you've adopted it, or you've just kind of made it up. Like it's imaginary, this list of what it means to be perfect. And right. then we're measuring. It's, yeah. It's a creation from all those different sources that I have somehow said, well, I'll know that I'm doing it right because it'll feel this way. It'll look this way. It'll unfold this way. There will be no difficult times. There will always be laughter. It will feel like this, you know, and when anyone or any combination of those things are not hitting on all cylinders. Oh boy. All hell can break loose. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I'm, I'm not really into the, the, the model of growth that is like high vibe only. Like I love, I love it when we get dark and dirty. I love, I am a weird, like masochist, like bring me your grief. I want to see your grief. I want to see your pain. I want to see your ugly because this idea of like, I'm only allowed to feel X, Y, and Z is so constricting. And it's like putting our human experience into a box. Oh, it's just perpetuating the end. You're just covering up the, yeah. the more that is going to come your way. If you're only allowed one way of thinking. I mean, that the, the roses colored glasses, everything's okay all the time thing. It's, just, I mean, I don't, I can't do it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And there's, there's a beauty in honoring the, the very real reality of the pain that we're experiencing. But like we were saying before, like for me to try to like bulldoze over this survival response I'm in over the grief and just get right to like feeling good and feeling safe and like ready to like be back to my quote unquote normal self like that's just first of all so invalidating to my human experience and there's something actually really beautiful and valuable about me being with my grief there's there's something I can learn about myself and my human experience and and just humanity in general by hanging out with grief like Everyone wants to hate on grief. Grief fucking sucks. Okay. I'm not going to say it's like the best thing in the world to feel, but there's, 
something there's something valuable about the darker experiences of of life too and grief is one of them um there are plenty of darker experiences that you anyone could access right and to deny any one of those is denying i think you know my mom said to me one time a long time ago um i was afraid of crying i was going to a thing like it was at work and i was afraid of crying which, you know, you're not supposed to cry at work. But she said, Pam, you know, crying's just the opposite of laughing. And both of those are okay. And I was like, yeah, they are. Making it okay took the pressure off the not crying. I didn't cry, but because it was okay if I did. And I think that like, you know, grief in any one of the darker emotions, because there aren't any that are good and there aren't any that are bad. They just are. Um, it almost denies the opposite from being allowed to, to be in the light also, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. It's like that whole concept of we can't selectively numb. And if we try to numb ourselves to grief, we're actually limiting our access to, to joy. If we try right. to not cry, we might numb ourselves to being able to laugh in our fullest expression. And so letting ourselves ride the waves of, the darker, more uncomfortable experiences also gives us space to be able to fully experience the other emotions like joy and peace and all those other things that we quote unquote strive to get to. But like really this journey is about fully feeling and letting yourself be a freaking human being in, in whatever that means, whatever that looks like in that moment. Um, For anybody who has lost something or experienced something tough, which is almost every human, I mean, a pet, a friend, a parent, uh, anyone, um, I mean, that's intense grief, but you also know that it doesn't like send an invitation. It doesn't let you know when it's coming. It doesn't knock gently on the door. It just sort of comes up and that can be unexpectedly. Um, it can, you know, you can sort of sense your mood for a day or two or three or however that works for you and then kind of know you're in it. Sometimes it can be way more intense than that. Um, and all of those darker emotions may, you know, have a, a similar arrival pattern, right? Where, where the hell did this come from? Like, I was just running errands. Like, why is this happening right now? Um, and I think the resistance to it, everybody says this, you say this all, but it's the resistance that creates the suffering, right? Instead of the allowing um, and just letting it wash right over, like let the wave pass. It feels so uncomfortable. You think it's impossible to do it. And then the sheer allowing is literally like a, like a wash. I can't, I'm like moving my body. <laughs> that doesn't, doesn't help. If you think about the embodiment of resistance and and judgment, it's very contracted, right? Like you're tight, you're tense, you're rigid. How can anything really move through you when your body is literally like, you know, totally contracted? But when we start to embody that allowance, there's more openness, there's more space for those things to move through us. It gives those emotions a permission to be felt and to move through us and to visit as long as they need to visit without us trying to push them out the door because we've, our mind has labeled them as a problem. We can just say, Hey, wow, grief is here to visit. Anxiety is here to visit. How can I meet this emotion and welcome it as part of a well-lived life? I don't remember what I was doing, but I was in the grocery store it was last week and I was in the grocery store and I was overcome with something that brought me to tears. I can't even remember what it was, but I remember I was like, you're in the grocery store. You can't cry. And as quickly as I thought it, I thought, you sure can <laughs> go ahead and let it out if you need to let it out. And I I just was like, nobody, Pam, you're a person. You're a person in an aisle looking for a cereal. Like nobody cares. <laughs> Let cry if you need to cry. And as soon as I did that, it was like it passed right through. You know, th- the resisting of it would have had me in knots for hours. The allowing of it just washed right over. Um, and I'm not always ready for that. I'm not always that able to pivot and like give myself that permission. And and sometimes I 
do get trapped in a thought pattern for hours, sometimes longer. My gosh, there's definitely been times where it's months. Um, but I'm getting better at the like seeing and acknowledging like, okay, this is what it is right now. And it can, airports make me cry. Like just, it is what it is. People are sad. You can, I feel things for people. I feel things everywhere. So let the emotions be what they are. Run right through. If I fight them, if I contract, I'm the one creating it for me. That is the harder thing. That's another hard thing to accept. <laughs> You're your own torturer. <laughs> You're holding yourself captive to these feelings. Yeah, we're kinky like that, aren't we? We, just like that. we like to torture ourselves and tell ourselves we're not allowed to do things and how bad we are for being so sensitive and, and all the ways that we punish ourselves for being freaking human. Right. Right. Because there isn't time or this isn't a good moment or you have other things to do or that wasn't on the schedule <laughs> or whatever the case may be. And yet it has to be it because life is in session like this is this is your one shot. Yeah. And, and something that came up with me yesterday when I was talking to my business coach was, you know, I'm creating a life where my human comes first. And that takes a lot of deconditioning to, to create a life where you, you're no longer constantly trying to bulldoze over your humanity and yeah. where your humanity becomes inconvenient, yeah. but to create a life where honoring your humanity is top priority. Like I give myself space to be sensitive. I give myself space to grieve. I give myself space to cry in a grocery store aisle. Yeah, that's a huge uh, pivot is the word that comes to my mind because so many of us are still trying to force ourselves into the role that pays the bills, that gets the this, that lives the life, right? And or I, I mean, gosh, there's a lot of different ways to describe that, but to create a life where your your humanness gets to run your the rest of it is brave and incredible. Yeah, it's it's really countercultural, and even like a lot of the the healing space is still this trying to get rid of our humanness and and to say like parts of our humanness are things that need to be eradicated versus these aspects of ourselves are something that actually need to be accepted and embraced and and loved well i think there's the whole um you know what you feed or what you pay attention to is what gets more of your time there's all different ways of saying that right but like let's don't think about the bad things. Let's focus on the good. Let's shift your perspective to the positive. And that can kind of become almost, what do they call it? Toxic positivity, right? Like only see the positive. If you're having a tough time, let's fix it to the, no, sometimes you just have a bad day, hour, week, moment, whatever, whatever you need to have to let that run its course is important. Um, and I think that it is a lot of conditioning that you have to undo for yourself to allow that process to happen. Uh, and sometimes I know I'm, I have to relearn it and relearn it. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Oh yeah. I have not, I have not arrived with that yet. Like I'm still learning how to um, heads up. I don't think there's a finish line. I think, you know, this, but I'm just going to let you know, I don't think there's a finish line. Spoiler alert to everyone listening. <laughs> There is no finish line. There is no, I've ticked all the boxes and now I'm complete. And now everything is easy and I never have to like face. Any oh, I, I definitely still fall for that. And like, you're doing something wrong because it doesn't feel easy. I, I remember saying that in my early twenties, like if, it, yeah, you're doing it wrong because it should feel easy. It should look easy. It should feel easy. You wouldn't have any questions that you wouldn't have any, you know, easy was the benchmark. Um, it ain't. <laughs> Sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's heavy and it's dark and it's messy and it's stinky. And you just have to like, it's like, I think even in the healing culture and all the stuff, there's almost like this denial of death. 
Like one day our bodies are going to be rotting under the ground. I was telling Pam this before, like we live on a floating rock in space. At any moment, mother nature can take us out. And we kind of need to like make peace with these aspects of our human experience, with the death, with the dark, with the stinkiness. If we didn't have deodorant anymore, we would all stink. Like we have kind of created this way of living in which we are in denial of our darkness, our messiness, the the uncertainty of just living on a floating rock in space where a blizzard could destroy your town in a day, you know, like there's like a a certain reverence, being able to have a certain reverence for the the dark parts of being human and not being afraid of them, not living in fear of them, but having some sort of like reverence toward it. I don't know. That's something that I have found is really helpful. So I have two thoughts right now. Let me write one of them down so I can remember it. And then let me remember the second thought. Um, oh my gosh. It's the, the, what we were just saying, the floating rock in space. Oh, I can't remember. But the whole one of my favorite lines from you before is we're in meat suits. We're we're wearing meat suits, walking around, trying to, you know, we're all figuring this out. Like what what really are we doing except having an experience on the planet, doing the best that we can? And I think it's the so a long, long time ago, I'll speak for myself. I think this is pretty common amongst most of us who experience intense anxiety or any anxiety, but it's the suppression of these thoughts, feelings, or experiences that we could not metabolize or know how to handle at one time. And it's the suppression of those and the locking them up and then keeping them safe, you know, like right here under this rib or like way back here or wherever you need to put it so that it doesn't hurt or haunt you. And the longer you keep it locked away and the longer that it doesn't have its time to just be what it is, it is haunting. It, it is disrupting. It, it, I used to say I was a slave to my emotions and sometimes I still am, but I won't, I, I can't ever go back to those days because I now know those are passing. They will pass. It depends on how much I fight with them and how much I need to, um, resist it, but they will pass sometimes not as soon as I'd like, but, (laughs) um, you know, the longer you keep them locked up and, and not, and hidden, right. It's the excavation of that. I mean, that's the core of all your work, right? Like, how do you bring it out? But the, the problem is for me, I was like, I can't look at it. I put it away for a reason. Like I, it's too dangerous. It hurts too much. And yet the truth is it's the um, it's the little person memory of that feeling that hurts that much. You know, you as an adult, I as an adult now can hold that experience in a totally different way than my little tiny person knew how to do way back when. So like, yeah, I put it away and I grew up around it, but it it was still haunting me in ways that I didn't really realize. And you you have to let that well, I, I feel like you have to let that kind of have its moment and somebody needs to hold it for you. Um, and I had to learn how to become the person who could hold it for myself. And I'm getting better at that slowly, you know, like each time, what is that that you're really feeling, Pam? And it comes at really inconvenient times, like in the grocery store, like what are, I just needed cereal. That's all I wanted. <laughs> um, but what is that? You know, what, what, what made you so touched or moved by that, that mom and the little kid that you saw, or, or the older person who needed help getting through the line or like whatever it is. Um, it's just so important that it has those feelings. All of them have their time in, in the light, because if they don't, they will continue to haunt me. <laughs> uh, and I don't, I don't want that anymore. That kind of pain. I don't want to feel I love, I love what you said about, you know, the, the fear around certain emotions is really like our younger selves experience of that emotion. And 
being able to now as an adult with so much more wisdom and experience you you the version of you now is much more able to hold that pain that your younger self couldn't and i think that's so so incredible and i think i think it helps us develop so much trust in ourselves when we finally let ourselves hold the things that we once thought we couldn't hold probably we didn't have tools then we didn't have skills for that then and and when like I just the visual I have of it is like you know in Harry Potter the little snitch that flies around it's gold but mine's darker and it's very dense and it's like stuck somewhere you know and then it builds scar tissue around it and it gets heavier and harder and more and more protected (laughs) and like that is my small self's experience that Mm -hmm. is just to your point I'm saying the same thing you just said but saying it again in a different way it's um it's nowhere near as bad as you remember it being but it was because you didn't have words to um or tools to experience those feelings at the time and I now you do Mm-hmm. Yeah. And would you say that that's what, you know, this work has given you is the ability to, to hold that pain that your younger self wasn't able to hold back then? A hundred thousand percent. We had a session, you and I, I don't even know if it was our first session where I didn't even have to hold it. I allowed it to come up and it washed. And I really remember I remember feeling like energy coming out of me. I mean, just, I didn't even have to hold anything. I just needed to give it space to release. And it was gone, like gone. I mean, it doesn't disappear all at once, but a a very big layer was freed. And I, I remember that session very vividly. And What I love about this work is I wasn't telling you what to do. Like your body knew exactly, your human, your body, your meat suit, like knows what to do. And it was just, yeah, giving it that space and that permission and that allowance and that safe container for that to happen. So you said it maybe in a post or you've said it somewhere recently and you just said it again now. So I'm an adult, a much older adult than those feelings when those feelings were deposited in me. And now I can hold it totally differently. But what was really important, and I said this to you then, I said, I needed a trail guide through that. I needed a safe mentor through that process who was not afraid of what I was feeling because I was. excuse me and that is really important because someone like you who can hold the space for that um and give somebody full permission for any range of whatever emotions are kind of you're not afraid of any of it because there's nothing to be afraid of we we are i am i was because it was so scary but it was a feeling i was afraid of it wasn't an actual real threat It, it was a feeling Um, and allowing that feeling, having somebody safe to share it with and just experience it. And it wasn't words. I didn't share with you words about an experience. I, I I shared with you a, a, it's very hard to describe. (laughs) I mean, it was incredible. It was absolutely incredible. And I will not ever forget that. Um, and I remember feeling like shapes coming out of me and like it felt like gas coming out of me and like just almost shaking off of me like it was so incredibly cool and and there was nothing you didn't you didn't tell me what to say or feel or think my meat suit knew exactly (laughs) what to do um trusting that I was in a safe container to allow that to happen yeah and what you're what you're highlighting is really this work is experiencing a new relationship with these emotions. Like when it was just you and these emotions and your, your inner child, they felt so off limits, so unsafe, but 
through like the safety of our work, you experienced, oh, this emotion is not going to kill me. This emotion isn't bad. This emotion isn't something I need to continue to repress or judge. Like, oh, I'm learning in the moment how my body is so capable of processing the dark shit. You know, I'm sure you've said this before, but let me say it again, because we haven't said it in this hour, but emotion is energy in motion. It needs to move. It wants to go. It wants to go. And I do a lot of moving in terms of exercise, running classes. It's it's not the same kind of moving. And I don't do the kind of moving that you and Sarah do in terms of, and, and Mariana, um, in terms of like dance movement that doesn't feel right to me. And it doesn't have to feel right to me because that's not my kind of moving. Um, I was sitting still on a bed and I felt the energy moving instead of being trapped, um, which sounds so woo-woo. It really does now that I say that. But it, Oh, I know. I know. This is always the problem. And that's why I'm like doing these interviews on the podcast. I'm like, I don't know how to describe what we do. Everyone. Yeah. Like, I don't know how to describe it because like you're saying, like, there were no words. It was felt. And it, what you're describing kind of sounds like we, we tripped on psychedelics together. Like, well, well, it does sound like that. Yeah, it sure does. Uh-huh. Yeah, and shapes were coming out of me. And like, I mean, shapes were coming out. I don't know what else to say. And yeah. uh, there were no drugs involved. None. No drugs involved. Just. But boy, did I feel lighter. Yeah. And I, yeah, it's just like going back to the beginning of our conversation, like this work is really about learning to be with to be with the whole range of the human experience instead of trying to fit our experiences into a box or to to banish this emotion away. I can't ever feel this. I'm not allowed to feel this. I shouldn't feel this. If I feel this, that means I'm imperfect. It's like welcoming in all of it and learning to trust. Like I can be with this. I can be with this. Even if it's hard and painful and scary, I can be with this. And if I feel, if I truly feel like I can't be with this, I trust that I can get support and have that co-regulation and, and have someone be with it with me. And then in the irony of all the ironies, the universe sets it up so that you, one, me, meet a person who shows you all the things that you thought you had put away safely, where you construct your life to work around those things. So they don't need to be touched and they don't need time and they don't need airspace and they don't need to see the light of day. And that work, everything's working. And then you find yourself in a relationship (laughs) and that person is the like exact mirror of the things that you have kept so carefully hidden. It's not them. It's the stuff you have been avoiding about you. Oof. Boy, is that a hard pill to swallow. Yeah, like, come on. <sighs> and then in my journey more recently, I'm like, wow, you are a real critical jerk sometimes. <laughs> like, really a critical jerk. So if you're thinking all of that about other people, maybe, I mean, really, where are you pointing it? It's really back at you. So like, I just find that to be the irony of cosmic ironies is, Oh, all the things so hard to keep safe is thrown right in your face. Yeah, it's a big cosmic, hilarious joke. Thanks, universe. Because we're wearing meat suits on a floating rock. That's why. Yeah, I mean, let's just look at the big cosmic joke of the whole thing. Like meat suit, floating rock. What? Like none of this, none of this makes sense, and all of it makes sense, and it's right. All All at one time. All of it. Yeah. And yeah, I think I just, I love that this conversation became about like embracing the dark shit and like, no, it's healing doesn't always mean like you're going to feel quote unquote good, whatever emotions you've categorized as good all the time. Like it means you learn how to meet yourself in all aspects of your human and the tough stuff in the great stuff, in the sticky stuff, in the confusing stuff, like being able to be in it and 
when we do find ourselves resisting it, which we're going to do that, we're human, we got brains that do weird things, we can more easily catch ourselves and say, oh, wow, look, I'm judging, I'm resisting. Like, what, what do I need to do to actually accept this darkness instead of resist it? And even that takes practice, you know, Oof, yeah. you, might, you might get really good at it for a while and you might not be tested for a while and then it can, and then it can visit again. And, and it's almost like, it's almost like going to the gym and having to relearn those exercises. Like, oh, I haven't worked that muscle in a little while. Uh, oh yeah. I don't have to fight it. I can just let it go. It's a, it's a learning and a relearning and a knowing over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. For me. And I know I'm super stubborn, so maybe that's <laughs> my, my favorite thing. My favorite joke between me and the universe is like me learning to trust myself. And I'm like, wow, I've learned to trust myself so much. And the universe is like, here, let's like dial the, the knob up, but let's turn the volume up a little bit. And then I'm like, oh my God, I'm oh shit. Like, ah. and it's like, oh. Oh, wow. I really thought I trusted myself, but here's another opportunity to deepen that even more. Okay. Yeah. I got it. Got this. I trust myself. Yeah. And then it's like another opportunity to deepen that even more. So it's also, this journey is very humbling because oh, yeah, that's a good word. That's a really good word. And, and even that humility, like sometimes I rail against that. I'm like, no, I actually do know what I'm talking about. I've got my life together. This, this, there's the problem there. There's the problem there. Okay. That's resistance too. Why don't you just let go and let it be? Yeah. Oh man. Oh man. This human thing. What, what's the um <clears throat> thing you would say to me? Like we're holding the string together. What was it that you would say? Oh, what did I say? Something like, yeah, we're like holding this string, this thread. It was a ribbon. I don't know why, like a satin ribbon in mine, but I was just, you said some, something about unraveling. And I said, I'm, I'm holding the other end of the, the string or the other end of the ribbon or something like that. Like we're all, what, what's that saying? We're all walking each other home, you know, like yeah. our journeys are, are, are all so unique and so different and yet not at yeah. the same time. Like they're so similar. I heard somebody say, and I wish I could give them credit, but, um, every, every journey is a homecoming. We're coming home to ourselves. I wish that I could remember who said that, but I was like that, if that's not the truth, you know, and some people are, in my opinion, look like they're not doing it, but they're doing it in their way, just because it doesn't look like I think mine has, you know, everyone's coming home to themselves. Um, and finding a way to, to make friends with your, your own stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. We're all holding this ribbon of being human and learning what we came on this earth to learn, whatever that is, however that looks, however your path leads you there. Um, even like within this work, like clients who work with us while we're like teaching everyone similar things everyone's journey is still so unique and even like where clients go beyond the work with us like where their journey to continues to unravel like I love seeing the unique unfolding of each person's path like yes we're all doing this human thing together and we have so many similarities and everyone's journey is a little bit unique we each have like our own unique things that we came here to unlearn and then learn I think such an important part of what I've experienced from your work and because I was part of your, some of your group work too, and know other people in your programs, um, what works for them won't work for me. So I'm saying what you just said in a different way, right? But also in that you can't prepare, like there's no cook, you literally, Chelsea cannot prepare for what you're going to get when you get on a meeting with me versus the next person versus the next person. So it's all very personalized in the way that you know how to do what you do. And the work that needs to be done is not different, but the way it happens for each person is incredibly unique. And there's no way that there's, there's no agenda. You don't have like a checklist of things we're going to cover in our time together. You know, like every conversation unfolds in a really 
different way each time, depending on what I am ready to let go of and what I am willing to show up for. Um, and I think I felt like that was really important to mention because, you know, what if this doesn't work for me or what if I'm the outlier? Uh, there's, there's no such thing there because meeting and receiving those emotions is what all of us need to do. I love that. I love that. And it's, what it's doing is, is honoring, honoring what the body is ready to reveal, right? Like you said, each session kind of unraveled something new, depending on what was ready to come forth. And everyone's at a different stage of their journey. Everyone's at a different stage of readiness. Um, and so each person's results of this work is going to look different. Like there's going to be a lot of overlap and similarities and it's going to look unique because each person comes in with a unique story and unique background and a unique place that they're in. Um, and at the same time, we're all here to learn how to come home to ourselves. Like you said. Yeah. I mean, when we were talking before we started recording, um, I said, I, I was just thinking maybe I need to schedule a session with you. Cause it's been almost a year. I don't even remember when we stopped working together, but I've, I've gone, you know, I continue my work. Right. And now I'm in a different layer of the onion that may need some just releasing. Um, so that's the other thing, like there is no end there. There's no finish line. And yet you, you will get to a point where you're like, Oh, I see. I remember this. I remember this. This feels like it needs to come out. I don't know what it is. And I've kind of gotten to a point where I might need to go back for my trail guide to help me through it or, or, Oh, I think I'm going to keep trying this a little bit more on my own or, or whatever the case yeah. may be. There's no, um, there's no syllabus. You know, like there's no checklist. You don't know when you did it. You, you just find out as you go. Oh yeah. I'm, I'm the same way. Like I've learned so much and I'm able to process a lot like on my own. And then sometimes I'll, I'll meet a new situation in life where it's like, Ooh, this feels really sticky for me. And I think I need someone outside of me to hold that space. And so that's when I'll hire a, you know, somatic coach or, you know, someone to support me in that way. And yeah, cause, cause sometimes we just, we get stuck and we're not meant to do this alone. And then it's like, okay, I'm, I can do this on my own again. And it feels good to do it on my own again. And then sometimes I come up against another thing where it's like, oh, this is sticky. So yes. it's, yeah, it's, it's not a quote unquote bad thing or a failure to say, Ooh, this feels sticky for me. And I think I need support again. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely not. Especially, especially for me, having experienced what I have with you, I know that there is, there can be depending on what I'm ready to let go of. And sometimes I don't even know what I'm ready to let go of. Um, you know, there's such a release in that. And it, when you clear out, then there's room to rebuild. And, yeah. um, you know, it's spring. Maybe it's time for some spring cleaning. <laughs> Ooh, I like, I like that. Spring, spring emotional cleaning. Yeah. <laughs> Why not? I love that. I think I'm going to, you know, create some sessions like that spring emotional cleaning session. Oh, yeah. You can run with that. I feel some serious marketing coming from that for sure. For sure. I love it. Well, you know, I'm here. If and when you ever, you know, want a little zhuzh, I call them a little tune, little tune-ups, you know, I'm, I'm here for that. And for those who are listening, when you work with us at Healing Embodied, like our goal is to to teach you enough to where you're not dependent on us. Like I don't want you in therapy every week for 10 years and feeling like you haven't gotten anywhere. That's not my vibe. I want you to be like, holy shit, this changed my life. Like, yes, that is very true. And if you work with us, like we're not going anywhere. So if in the future, like, you know, a year after you go through one of our programs, we like let clients, past clients book like one-time sessions where you're just like, I need a little, a little tune-up. I need a little adjustment. I need a little, you know, alignment because it's important to me to also let our clients know, like the human journey is complex and sometimes we need support and that's okay. And we're here. We're not going anywhere. Totally. Thank goodness. <laughs> I love what I do. I love 
my people that I get to work with. It's like my favorite thing in the world. So yeah. Well, you do you. amazing work. And I, I am so grateful for uh, the time that we got to spend together and the time that we will spend together in the future. Cause I know there will be more. Um, it, it was another tool in my toolbox. I have collected a large, a large toolbox <laughs> and I call on all of those different parts as needed over time. And, um, all, you know, it's needed at different times for different reasons. So yeah. So, so grateful for everything that, that you've done with me. Thank you. I'm so grateful for you. Just so everyone knows, Pam is always in my DMs, hyping me up, supporting me. Like this woman, I just need her like in my pocket at all times. If I'm ever feeling, you know, self-doubt or, you know, being down on myself, I need a little Pam in my pocket. No, you got it. You, I am in your pocket. You got it. Anytime. I promise. I love that. I love that so much. You are such a delight and LOL, we proved you wrong. You said at the beginning, I don't know if I have anything to say. Excuse me, ma'am. Excuse me. Uh, well, I hope it's been helpful and I'm really, I'm grateful that um, we had this time to talk together. I, I think that it's so important for so many people who are in any variety of this kind of anxiety, whether it's a relationship theme, a sexual identity theme, uh, you name the theme, it's all coming from the same place where it's not okay to feel the thing you're afraid to feel. And that doesn't mean that it has anything to do with the actual topic. It, it doesn't have anything to do with the thoughts that are presenting themselves, nothing. Um, so finding somebody to walk with you and be that trail guide to help you kind of uncover what, what that hidden feeling is, that hidden emotion is that needs some space to just see the light of day and then it will go away. I mean, I can't promise you anything, but generally it's just gonna go away. Um, it's just, it's hugely, hugely helpful. So again, thank you. Mm. Massive air hug. Virtual you hug to you. Thank, like, seriously, thank you so much for taking the time and being so open and vulnerable and, and sharing where you are in process. Like we are in process right now. It's not like we have this finished product that you're ready to present. You're like, I'm in process. I'm in the middle of the mess. Here I am. And I just love that. It's so incredible. There are there. I don't. I still don't have an answer. I'm not going to have an answer, and I'm okay with having no answers, but trusting the process. And um, one day at a time. Here we go. Yeah, let's ride the wave. Thank you so much for being here, Pam. I know this conversation is going to be so empowering and encouraging to so many of our listeners. So thank you thank so you. so much. Thank you, Chelsea. Bye bye.